Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right. Well, speaking of... No, I got nothing. No transition. <laughs> so nothing to do with Netflix. <laughs> what do you... Uh, I want to talk ears? about a particular topic called self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like you should have scary music when you say I the like word self-sabotage. Topic. I really do. You hear do about you? this a lot, right? A lot of people talk about how they constantly self-sabotage or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this falls in the category of concepts that people who come in to see me in therapy think this is the kind of thing therapists talk about all the time right? and study a lot and think a lot about mm-hmm. self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. And really I, I don't ever remember the term self-sabotage coming up once in all of grad school for clinical psychology. I Never. Right. But, but, but I guess the idea behind it is like repeated behaviors that end up harming your, mm-hmm. you or your goals. Um, right. Yeah. Kind I think of, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's this there's this class of things like self sabotage or daddy issues or nervous breakdowns right. or like a lot of these terms that are thrown around yeah yeah <laughs> that that psychologists don't really use uh uh-uh. uh yeah. yeah but that are in the kind of the popular imagination about psychology and mental health and um so like like what you just did my first task when someone brings up the term self sabotage is to kind of demystify it right and say well, okay. What do we what do we really mean by self sabotage? Mm-hmm. What's different than what do you think is different in the patient's mind than your definition? Is there a difference? Um, I think it has to do with mysteriousness. Yeah, there seems to be like this. I'm unaware of this to some degree, and it just happens, and I don't know why I do this. That's usually the context. I don't know why mm-hmm. I keep self sabotaging, as if it's something they are, that's kind of outside of their awareness in some way. Yeah. It's like along the lines of your, you know, your unconscious mind yeah, right, is right, sort right. of making you do stuff. Right. Um, but the term self-sabotage is very you centered. It implies you're doing this thing actively to yourself, right. which is at odds with the way it feels, which is like, I, I keep running into the same problem over and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird, complicated, interesting topic, but I had a client a few years ago who, who, came into therapy with this self-sabotage was basically the what he came in wanting to work on. Um, so I thought we'd kind of use him as an example and then maybe sure. explore uh, the topic a little bit more. So this was a guy, um, he, I think he was about 40, really bright guy. One of those people like, as soon as they start talking, you're like, oh yeah, you you are super bright. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just really kind of quick and, um, and thoughtful and just a real intelligent guy. Um, but anyway, he, he came in because basically his wife made him come in to therapy. Um, they were considering buying a house and having kids, kind of two pretty major life changes. And mm-hmm. she was concerned because she felt like he was self-sabotaging. Okay. Um, and what this, what she, what I love she, it. I love it when clients come in because their wife told them to. I love That's how, a lot of them though. I love how honest people are about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm only here. surprised. I'm like impressed. <laughs> I'm only here because my wife made me. Right. Come. I think that kind of honesty is a great way to start off therapy, <laughs> even if you're being yeah, coerced into yeah, coming in. I get it. <laughs> At least you can be honest about it. 
<laughs> so anyway, this guy was very honest about it. Clearly, he was not like super happy about being in therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I could tell from the get he was like a little bit, he knew something was going on. And maybe had a, a little bit of hope that maybe therapy could kind of help with that, even if his wife was basically, you know, had sort of pushed him into it. But yeah. Um, but the, the problem was they they were embarking on these kind of major life changes, um, which included pretty big financial stressors. I mean, buying a house and having sure. kids are both super expensive, obviously. And he, for the last 10 years, had had this habit of not holding on down a job for more than about a year or so Mm. and not holding down jobs that he was extremely sort of overqualified for. Mm -hmm. So given his education and his intelligence, this guy could have been doing almost anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he was, he was working jobs that were sort of way underneath his skill level and routinely he would, he wouldn't last longer than about a year or so. And historically, and it, this was kind of the pattern. It'd been going on for almost ten years. He's, he's working in jobs he's way overqualified for, and yeah, so he, he'd he'd work like, um, yeah. Anyway, just yeah, lo- yeah. we don't have to get into specifics mm-hmm, of it, but mm-hmm. just jobs that he he easily could have been had the qualifications and the ability sure. to work at, um, you know, at, at other jobs. But the the bigger problem actually was that he kept he kept. It wasn't just that he was quitting; he was getting fired. A couple mm-hmm. of them he had left. But, and it was for things like never anything outrageous, but he was just chronically showing up late to work mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or kind of doing kind of mediocre, um, his Tasks projects and or, tasks yeah. were kind of of mediocre quality. Right. Um, getting, not fights, but getting into a lot of like disagreements. A- and these things tended to ramp up after about six or nine months of mm-hmm. being on the job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to this, and he's describing all this, and he's saying, yeah, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. Um, and I'm going, oh, yeah, like maybe there's something to the wife's. <laughs> <laughs> like this guy's, self- this, this sounds a lot like, self. whatever self-sabotage is, this sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he was talking about it, you could, as so often happens in therapy, just the process of him talking through it, he was starting to connect the dots a lot in a way that he hadn't on his own or that he hadn't in conversations with his wife. And you could sort of see that he was coming around to the idea that like, yeah, maybe, maybe there's something going on here that I'm not, it's not just that, you know, my bosses are out to get me or, you know, they don't see my potential or whatever, but maybe he kind of has some sort of a role in this. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, to me, that's an example of, self-sabotage um potentially sure um does that does that make sense have you ever had clients like this or experienced situations similar to this oh yeah yeah i mean most of the time that's something like this right most of the time there's kind of this uh, lack of awareness in, in 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 some area um or or just that cohesive kind of narrative hasn't been put mm-hmm. together for him but yeah and what's interesting is there there's a lack of awareness and in this case from someone who was very bright. I mean, and it's not just like sure. this guy did well in his SATs. Like he interpersonally, he was very savvy. He was, he was pretty thoughtful. So mm-hmm. this is not someone who is just kind of a little dense, you know, Yeah. <laughs> but there, there was this kind of blind spot mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, uh, and, and so that was, that was interesting, but also the, the duration 10 years mm-hmm. of the same thing mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. Right. Um, 
So to me, this is a great example of where a term like this actually, it's really important that I think we have a term like this because it describes a really unique phenomena, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, where we're, we're, we just continue to engage in a behavior pattern that is is causing some problems. Yes, that's well. It, it's it's obviously not in our best interest, right? Um, but I think it's different than some you know someone who I don't know is an alcoholic, and, and it's to some extent that that's a little more obvious that like this I know that this My is problems leading are to problems from this. Thing. Yeah, like yeah. I, I get it, right? Right. right. Um, but. Th- Self-sabotage, there's a little bit less awareness. Well, and that's the word I think sabotage because sabotage is kind of a covert thing, right? It's something you do to wreck something, but it's not overt, right? It's not like a spy. A saboteur is a spy, right? So there's a part of you that is like slinking around sabotaging the rest of you. In stealth. In stealth mode. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Little ninja, little malicious ninja. So it works that this thing is kind of operating a little bit outside or on the fringes of your awareness. And that it can happen to people who are otherwise very aware yeah. and bright. Yeah. Right? Interesting. I like it. Okay. So I think that's the, but but I think that, okay, so that that's the, that's what it sort of looks like. Um, but we started off by saying, maybe it's not actually that mysterious, right? Or esoteric mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in nature. So w- when you, when you have, issues of self-sabotage, like how do you typically approach, when, when you think someone's basically self-sabotaging, what's your kind of go-to approach to that? Like how would you handle this guy? After you, you meet with him for a session or two and you kind of get the lay of the land. I mean, I mean, the, self-sabotage is an interesting term and this behavior definitely fits that. But almost anything I'm going to reduce down to like antecedents behavior's consequences mm, and okay. just look at like what's going on. But already my suspicion is that this guy's not challenged or interested in his work probably mm. gets bored about six months in and then starts really having a hard time getting to work, really being there and present, putting effort into his work while he's there mm-hmm. gets frustrated with other people because he's just unhappy in general and gets fired. Yeah. Now. Okay. So most people, that's I my think, guess. Right. So I'm going to start asking questions along those lines. And I think most people, especially, yeah, I don't think most people display this amount of self-sabotage in their life, right? <laughs> this is relatively uncommon. So what, what would most people do if they, they had a couple jobs in a row where they were just pretty bored after six months and things did? What would they do? What would your average person do who wasn't self-sabotaging? Who wasn't? Yeah. They'd probably look at this and say, what am I doing? Let's make this work. I don't know. Is yeah, or traffic? like, I need a more challenging job. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm unhappy. I've had two already that I kind of don't like, and it doesn't work out when I don't like my job. Uh huh. Yeah. And they might put together that it was boredom, at least, was a part of what yeah. was going on. Yeah, maybe. But this guy, who's otherwise a super bright guy, had, I was going to say, hadn't put that together. But the other possibility is, on some level, didn't really want to put that together or felt like he couldn't. So my other, my other question in line of questions would be around, is the carrot he's pursuing really what he wants? Mm, what do you mean by that? Mm, it, well, it seems like he's doing a lot of this for choices like family house. You know, is is his goal mm. a long lasting career and financial stability? And if that's not his goal, let's say he's after some adventure and he wants variety in his life, and he wants you know, then mm-hmm. then is he actually kind of 
as he gets closer to that goal, realizing like, Ugh, I don't really want that. So mm. he backs off, you know, that, that could be another possibility. I think that's a great question because that was the first question that popped through my mind when I saw <laughs> this guy. <laughs> um, but I was shocked in that what, what it turns out, this new development of them deciding as a couple to want to start a family and buy a new house was relatively recent, like within a year. Mm-hmm. So before that, none of that was really on, there was no pressure really to do any of that. Pattern was still there, so. Same pattern was there. Um, so I kind of, that's interesting though, I, I kind of ruled that out, but I still like that line of thinking because. Well, it still could be, right? Just because it didn't show up before. It still could this be. This could be amplifying Amplifying it. it. Something like right. that, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but what that question gets at is, m- maybe you're, for some reason, you're doing something you don't really want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, like you're, Actions are not lining up with your values would be mm-hmm. the way a, mm-hmm. a shrink would phrase it. And then you kind of wreck it to make sure that you don't actually have to go in that direction anymore. Go in that direction, yeah. yeah. But what it, what it what that sort of assumes is you don't feel like there's another alternative. Because mm. you keep doing the same thing over and over. Yeah, yeah. right? So I, to, to me, that became our sort of focus is why, why is it that he felt like he couldn't explore other options that might be more satisfying and where he wouldn't need to be self-sabotaging. Yeah. Right. Back to the nothing changes if nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so we, we explored all, all sorts of interesting stuff, but one of the things, one of the important pieces that came down to with this guy was the pretty profound anxiety he actually felt though, although he didn't label it as anxiety necessarily but kind of the the burden of being as bright as he was. So this is a guy who was borderline a prodigy as a kid, like just gifted and talented to the max. Everyone, every you know, could read when he was like super, super young, way ahead of everybody else, was in, you know, as a freshman, was in like senior calculus classes and stuff. Just, mm-hmm. and that was his whole, you know, his whole life mm-hmm. was like that. And while a lot of us would think, oh my God, it'd be amazing to have that many like talents and mm-hmm. gifts, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to do like, I could be an astrophysicist if I wanted, <laughs> I could be an archeologist, I could be, you know, w- journalist, like whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have the ability. But as he, as I got him talking about that more, he found it paralyzing, like utterly paralyzing that he had so much potential. S- the expectations on him were so high mm-hmm. that they were crushing. Basically. Well, the potential for failure is that much bigger too. When you're exactly yeah. right, so even if you do have, given all that talent, it's all the more disappointing if you don't do something super impressive, mm. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he, we, we sort of, this is over, you know, months and months. We kind of really worked back through and looked at some of the the precursors to this self sabotaging pattern in his job, um, but there was this pattern of getting into situations where expectations were really, really, really low, but then getting frustrated with those and getting, basically getting kicked out of them. Getting bored with them. Yeah. Getting bored with them. But that's a way to look good all the time. Exactly. And it wasn't, he almost never quit the things. He ended up getting pushed out. Wow. Right. So this was even before his job history started. There were less... Um, there were more subtle versions of that mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. on. School, yeah, 
friends, stuff relationships. Like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Interesting. Um, so what, what it basically came down to was this guy had a real fear of basically disappointing people, mm-hmm. other people in his life, but also himself of not kind of living up to his expectations. Right. And that's what was, now that's that's sort of some that's some fairly complicated kind of mechanisms in there. Sure. But but I think that's important for people. Like when you, if you feel like you're self sabotaging, or if you feel like you know people who are self sabotaging, it's I think it's really key to see that it's not some like dark mysterious force, right? You know, flowing from your unconscious that's right. causing you to right. self sabotage. There are often very um, logical reasons why someone would be doing something that mm-hmm. seems very illogical Mm -hmm. and not in their own best interest. Yeah, I would agree. I I think that's the, the main kind of fallacy around, uh, self-sabotage. It's, it's not some dark force, Mm -hmm. you know, that really just kind of looking at, um, some of these reinforcement issues can go a long way. Yeah. And so like a good, uh, behaviorist looking at it from the perspective, okay, this, this seems really, this seems dumb. Like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Over why are you and over. shooting yourself in the foot? Yeah, over and over and over, right. over again. And to the outside observer, it looks like they're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, it looks like madness. Uh-huh. Yeah. But can, can you suspend judgment there and say, okay, I can't see it, but what if they are getting something out of this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something Something's maybe kind of subtle. The system, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's just such an important skill generally. Um whether certainly if you're a therapist, but if, if you're married, if you have kids, right? If, if you have friends, if you're a manager, if you're like, whatever, we we all run into behavior either in ourselves or in other people that just seems kind of dumb. Like, why are you doing that? That's dumb. Mm-hmm, and it's really mm-hmm. easy to get dismissive of that mm-hmm. and just keep telling those people the same thing over and over. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Get your shit together and like, yeah. you know. Yeah, from my point of view, that's yeah. crazy. Get with the program because I would never do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> not, from my, not from where I stand. <laughs> you know, this this brings up an interesting thing. I, it, it, I mean, we're, we're psychologists and we kind of self-selected into this field probably because we are somewhat curious about the human mind and behavior anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Fair enough to say that. Sure. But sometimes I'm I'm a little surprised that even, even with psychologists or that we're not as humans, we just, it just doesn't seem like we're all that curious sometimes about our own existence in some ways. And and what I mean by that is we, we all have these emotions on board and thoughts on board, but it, it seems like we, we forget what these emotions mean sometimes. And we don't really do a good investigation around what emotions are doing and and how we're feeling and why am I responding to this situation this way? Right. Why, Mm. why is it in all these other contexts? I'm really proficient, but in this one, I have this strange reaction to, you know, and instead we get judgmental usually and we throw our hands up in the air and we, we say, I just don't want, what's wrong with me? Some of those things, instead of going, Hmm, Mm. and really getting curious about your biology and physiology and saying, well, what's going on? Why, why is this? Right. So we all have, um, habits, behaviors, thoughts, emotions that are very common and very impactful parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. And you're, what you're saying is, why aren't we more curious about those? Yeah. Like, how does this work? Well, I'm, I'm just thinking that, you know, you're, you're kind of, you brought into this world and this is the form of your existence, this human body, right? Mm-hmm. 
And wouldn't you want to go, why do I feel this way right now? What is that about? You know, and then experiment with that and go, oh, I feel that way in response to these mm-hmm. kind of contexts. And like, oh, that, 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 that emotional or that, that affective feeling I get, that means this. What do you think? Why don't we do that? It would seem to be pretty beneficial. It, generally, people are more curious about their own psychology. Yeah, yeah. Or, or just, and even to face a challenge, like this guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was probably really frustrated with himself. He was probably really confused. He was probably really angry with himself. Mm-hmm. And if you just turn that off, that judgment and that anger and just go, hmm, this is really strange. You know, I keep doing this thing in response to these situations. Like, without any judgment, why do I do that? Mm-hmm. Why? What's going on there? I mean, I'm not saying he could have figured it all out by himself because sometimes we need a little help. But I'm su- I'm surprised sometimes by how how the lack of curiosity, mm-hmm. I think. And, and there's more judgment than curiosity. And I almost think that should be the other way around. Yeah, so do you think that's because... And maybe this is maybe it's totally both, but I wonder if one is more prominent the other than the other. Is it that we're not very good about being self curious, or is it that our natural curiosity about ourselves gets inhibited or blocked by something else? Well, I mean, there's there's probably many ways to to arrive at that point, right? Um, well, but, in, in other words, like I may be perfectly capable of being curious about my own behavior and what sort of triggers and emotions and thought patterns sort of lead to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm just have this habit of being really judgmental with myself anyway, anytime I feel, you know, angry or disappointed or whatever, that's going to, that's going to take over all right. the bandwidth and I'm not yeah. going to be able to be. And curious. I think, I think we're trained to be more judgmental than we are curious. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's both. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think, um, learning about your emotions by parents, yelling at you. Mm-hmm. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. That may be mad. You shouldn't, you know, it's not like, Hmm, what was going on for you there? Okay. Wait, quick little devil's advocate. <laughs> One of the most common like parenting I do it myself is like, why did you do that? <laughs> now on the surface you would think, well, that shouldn't that promote curiosity? You're literally asking them a question to examine their motivations for their behavior. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that promote curiosity? Problem is I don't think we wait for the answer. <laughs> Or really have that conversation. I think that question is thrown out there more as a statement than a question. Yeah, we say, why did you do that? And what we really mean is... What's wrong with you? You shit. <laughs> I really wish you hadn't done that. Yeah. <laughs> why did you make me mad? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're and as little people, we're good at... We actually can pick up on the difference between those two. Oh, yeah. We, we, we're good at... What we really internalize is the the um, anger or whatever. Yeah, the the sort of intonation behind it, the mm-hmm. the connotation, not the denotation of what's being said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and when that's what we get from the external world, that's what we learn to kind of do to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Where it'd be interesting if a parent said, "Well, why did you do that?" And the, and you just really were curious, and the kid says, "Well, because I wanted to play with this toy." Mm-hmm. Oh. So because you wanted it, you decided you would take it from that other person. That seems to make sense, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, this is a friend of yours. Yeah. How would you, you know, to to kind of walk them through that to kind of get that actual curiosity button going. And then that would model for them a way to do that for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that gets modeled a lot. Mm -mm. Instead of it's more you little shit. Why did you do that? (laughs) 
Right, but we do it passive aggressively in the form of a question. <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah. And, and we there's no gap in the in, for an answer ever. Usually, it's just, why'd you do that? You know, I hated that. Hate it. Uh-huh. I told you not to do that. Yeah. So it's interesting that self curiosity is re- can be relatively independent of intelligence or education or sure. even experience. Very right? much so, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of therapy is around how can I help you be more curious about yourself rather than judgmental? And then once that curiosity starts operating and you can kind of see how mm-hmm. these things operate, well, then the, the, the solutions that are a little bit more available to yeah. you. Yeah. I used to get, it used to make me insecure when I'd sit down for therapy with someone who was obviously brighter than I was. It was like, (laughs) how am I supposed to help someone who's 15 points higher on the IQ scale than I am, right? But after you do therapy for a little while, you realize it's not about IQ. The, The trump card I hold is that I'm much more curious about how the mind works. Mm -hmm. And I've been trained to think that way. It's like Mm -hmm. a skill Mm -hmm. that I've kind of picked up and you, a lot of people just don't get the opportunity to learn that skill, either when they were kids or later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that's kind of like you were just saying, that's kind of our job is yeah. to teach people how to be curious about themselves. Yeah, instead of judgmental. And, and then to really use that curiosity for their growth. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people tend to struggle with that observation and curiosity. Mm-hmm. They're curious in the outside world and judgmental of the inner, inner world. Yeah, really judgmental. Yeah, and, and and do a really strange job of not, or, or strange experiments or not experimenting with their own existence in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, makes sense if that was never taught yep. to you or modeled to you. Exactly. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.